Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to my podcast. So happy to have you guys here today. It is actually, it was this week on July 20th. It was the two-year anniversary of our podcast, The Victorious Thoughts. And I'm so, so, so happy to have started this podcast two years ago. Wow, it's been two years. I feel like literally every day is a lifetime. So like two years is so long. And yeah, it's just really been such a pleasure and so healing to have this podcast consistently in the top 100 in the world, have almost a million downloads now. We're about to hit a million downloads and just like such success on my podcast. And I feel like my podcast was the first space that I really started being truly authentically me and really sharing truly from my heart. And honestly, That just had such a healing ripple effect in my body because as I started to be truly received for what I actually had to say and yeah, just like the medicine I came here to give when I started to actually give it fully without any, you know, hiding, I started to be received in such a massive way. And I talked about this before many times about how impactful that was for me because, you know, prior I had had all of these limiting beliefs that if I really spoke my truth that you know I wouldn't have people wanting to listen or I wouldn't have people able to receive what I was saying and that came from a lot of stuff from childhood but as an adult when I started my podcast and I started to just really give my full my full truth and just give everything I had to give I just started being received in the in the most massive way I ever had and I've obviously talked about this but like on TikTok and Instagram and my podcast and what are my other channels that I have I mean YouTube I just started Twitter I just started um but you know I mean my business as well my business just started booming (laughs) business is booming right and everybody all my channels just started to kind of go up and that really started with my podcast where I started to just you know be heard and yeah express myself fully so I really love this this space my podcast it's really my my favorite space on the internet that I express myself you guys know I'm kind of like inching away from TikTok I'm not super into TikTok anymore and focusing more I really want to do do like YouTube and stuff like that which is I only have like five videos or six videos on YouTube but I'm really like wanting to start more on YouTube and yeah go to different channels that feel more authentic for me but I do love you know TikTok just because it is where I started off and then um you know everything else kind of started happening and when I said my my podcast I meant when I I obviously started off on TikTok if you guys have been here for a while but then when I started to express on my podcast, that's when 
I really felt like I got really received and started to be really seen and really like embraced and loved. And, you know, except I had already had a platform, of course, on TikTok, but it didn't feel like people were fully getting me or like hearing what I was saying. So my podcast for me is where kind of it all started. So, yeah, so I just love my podcast so much. I'm so grateful that you guys, you know, just show up and listen to me every week. And yeah, I know that a couple months ago, I kind of just took a break from my podcast and kind of social media in general. And I was a little bit nervous when I came back to posting because I took I had never taken like a month and a half break from posting. And I think I took like a month break from posting on my podcast And, you know, obviously I usually post every Saturday. And so for me, when I did that, when that happened, I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, you know, obviously, you know, when you take a month off, you know, people aren't obviously listening because there's no new episodes coming out in those weeks. So it was just like I was like, oh, my goodness, like, what am I going to do? And so I don't know. It just feels really good to just have everything just be so well received always, even if I take a month off or even, you know, if I'm not posting as consistently. But I do try to post consistently every Saturday. But anyway, let's just let's just get on with the episode instead of me just rambling about my thoughts on my podcast. Although, of course, this is Victoria's thoughts. <laughs> but, you know, let's just let's get into the episode. So, what we were talking about today is we are going to be talking about staying in the heart, keeping your heart open within all of this suffering in the world. And we can look at that in a lot of different dynamics, a lot of different realms. We can talk about that within relationships, like abusive relationships or toxic relationships when those occur, a lot of times there's a closing of the heart after that because we feel that was too much that was too vulnerable I was too hurt now I have to close my heart down in an attempt to be safe right same thing you know in the world when we're going out in the world there's so much suffering in this physical world that we're in in this physical plane there is just you know suffering is paramount it's everywhere there's so much pain there's so much trauma there's so much oppression There's just so much pain and sadness and suffering. And when you have your heart open to that and you don't know how to keep your heart open in kind of like the art, the art of keeping your heart open and staying in the heart while also staying open to suffering and staying open to pain and and all of that. When we don't know how to do that, we're going to get really kind of dysregulated or we're going to just shut off our hearts because it's just too much and we're trying to just protect ourselves. And then we become numb and then everything just continues in the terrible cycle because then when we're numb and we don't have our hearts open then we inevitably will perpetuate suffering and pain um, even on small scales and so then we just further kind of these cycles so because we don't want to do that we want to keep our hearts open but that does feel super super scary and I was tweeting the other day because I randomly am like tweeting a lot and like recently I think I've had it this Twitter account since 2021 but like I never really posted now I've been randomly just like being a Twitter person. So <laughs> I was tweeting the other day and I was just talking about how, you know, a lot of right now in our society, we're learning as women how to have standards, how to have boundaries, whatnot, but we're not learning how to keep our hearts open within that. And what happens as a result is that we are just using these boundaries and these standards and these, you know, ways we're learning how to date we're stripping them of the actual embodied sacred core and we're using them as a way to put up protective walls around our heart 
and as a way to kind of close off our hearts from the world. And so I've been seeing it a lot on Twitter. I don't know why. I don't I've never understood when people post like private conversations with them. And like like it's just so cringe to me. Like that's just such a rude way of like interacting. If you post, you know, like some guy asks you on a date and you like reject him and then you post it on Twitter. Like that is just like mean spirited in my opinion. Like I just can't really understand that you know but you know I've been seeing on Twitter a lot of times girls have been you know posting them rejecting their dates and they're just you know using these standards quote unquote that they're learning online but they're not learning the art of intimacy the art of keeping your heart open and they're using these standards as a way to just further their emotional unavailability or their entitlement and then as a result of that they are shielding and blocking themselves from any actually intimate truly loving experiences and that's what happens when we close our heart off from the world on the other hand something I really really want to talk about is like service and keeping our heart open to the suffering in the world to me that is one of the most important things that you can do because if you are not willing to do that what happens is that you inevitably you inevitably will perpetuate more of these cycles of suffering like I was talking about. Let's talk about something super, super easy, veganism, something super just kind of like a very obvious one, right? When people are not willing, when people are not willing to sit with suffering, when they're not willing to open themselves up to truth, because suffering is also truth in our world. These are, you know, um, these are truths that are happening. Like someone is in pain. Someone is, you know, being hurt. Someone is having violence committed against them, whatever it is. Right. And so when we're not willing to sit with that, what happens is that we turn our heads away because it's too painful to look at. And then we continue to perpetuate these cycles. So that happens a lot with animal cruelty and, you know, within the farm factory farming industries and the eating of animals and, yeah, the consumption of animals, dairy, eggs, etc. right? People are not willing to actually look at what is happening because if they looked at what was happening, they are afraid at what they would feel. They're afraid of being, of being overwhelmed by their, you know, big emotions. And if you're not willing to feel that and you don't trust yourself to feel through those emotions, you're going to just say, no, I don't want to see it. And therefore I'm going to just continue acting in these cycles because I can stay ignorant to it. I can, I don't have to see it. Right. You know, if somebody saw firsthand, if they were, you know, witnessing something that happened within factory farming, they would likely try to intervene. They would say that's terrible. That's awful. But they'll go and pay for it every day to happen because they're not willing to actually sit with the, the truth of what is happening. If you're willing to sit with the truth of what's happening, a really great documentary is called Dominion. Really awesome documentary to kind of just showcase what's going on. Um, Dominion is is the documentary name. Um, but, you know, so a really obvious example, right, would be in the egg, in, in egg industry, right? So in the egg industry, um, there are the male chicks, which are not at all, you know, um, valuable to the egg industry, right? Because they're looking for the female chicks because they want to have hens. So these would be in the breeding facilities for female hens so that they can lay eggs. So obviously they have to breed a lot of eggs, a lot of, you know, baby chicks, and then sort them out to find the females and sort out the males, right? So within this industry, within the egg industry, when we're, buy when we're buying eggs in a store, no matter if it's free range or pasture raised or whatever it is, 
they came from hens and they came from, you know, eggs that were hatched and all of the male chicks get ground up alive. So if, if I wouldn't go and put a male chick, if I wouldn't go put a baby bird in a blender and push on and watch that baby bird be blended up, and if I don't feel fully comfortable with that, if I, in my integrity, don't feel like that is a full body yes for me, that's not something I can proudly co-sign, I'm not going to go pay for it. I'm not going to go consume it. I'm not going to go do that because to me, that's out of integrity. That's, you know, perpetuating suffering. That's a sin, in my opinion. You know, and I view sins not in the traditional way that, you know, because I'm not religious in the way that, um, you know, the Bible or whatnot would view a sin. So you don't even really pay attention to that. But, you know, I view that as wrong. I view that as objectively wrong, to be honest. And I, I view it as wrong to cause suffering. There's another plane that exists where everything is neutral. So that is where, so that's where we're going to get into today. So I can view something as wrong in this physical plane and say, I am not going to partake in that because I believe that is objectively wrong. I do not, for example, let's say sexual assault, right? I believe that sexual assault is objectively wrong in our physical plane. Therefore, I am not going to engage in sexual assault. I will not sexually assault somebody. That's against my values. That's not something I'm willing to do. I believe that, you know, all these, you know, type of things. I believe that racism is objectively wrong. So I'm not going to go and be racist to somebody. I believe that transphobia is objectively wrong. So I'm not going to go and be transphobic. These are things that I view as not right. I think that they're, they're not okay. I believe that, you know, um, factory farming. I believe that the consumption of animals in our modern world is objectively wrong. I'm not going to go in and interact within that, that, you know, way of interacting, right? I'm not going to go in and pay for that. I'm not going to go and engage with it. These are things I just don't believe in. I don't believe in transphobia. I don't believe in homophobia. I don't believe in racism. I don't believe in carnism. I don't believe in speciesism. You know, I don't believe in, you know, um, all these these different types of, in my opinion, systems of suffering, right? I don't believe in them. And I view them as objectively wrong in our world. Now, if I'm not willing to sit with that suffering, what happens is that I am just going to engage in it even further because I've now closed my heart. This actually happens a lot of times with white people to black people in our in America, in the United States, because what happens is that white people are not willing to sit with the grief and the pain and the magnitude of what has happened with black people in the United States. And as a result of that, unwilling to sit with that grief and the the massive, you know, shame almost that would come up, right? The massive guilt and sadness and grief and pain. If we're not willing to sit with that, we're going to say, get over it, move on, whatever. And we're just going to kind of, you know, continue in these systems of suffering. So just wanted to drive home here the point that one of the most important things that you can do is acknowledge at least I want to keep my heart open to suffering. Okay, so that is like that's the point I'm trying to get at here there. We want to keep our hearts open to suffering, even though it is very big. Now we're going to talk about how to keep our hearts open to suffering without being completely overwhelmed by it. Okay, but, you know, just wanted to drive home there that we should keep our hearts open to suffering because, you know, it is really, really hard. It is so hard to keep your heart open to the suffering and the pain in this world it is so so difficult like as somebody who 
in my heart has been wide open since I was born. Like I've told you guys before, I went vegan when I was like six years old because I realized, wait, I'm eating my favorite animal pig. That's not right. I'm not going to do that, you know, and as I got older, 10, 11, 12, I started realizing these things about these systems in our world and the social justice and whatnot. And, and, you know, it is very, very difficult to keep your heart open, to stay in that space of a, of a heart open centered space. And to, which means you're going to feel the suffering of other people. You are going to look around and see this world and see how flawed and and hurtful and painful and oppressive it is and you're going to stay open to that and and that is going to hurt right like it hurts when we when we actually sit with it right I go to um I don't go all the time just for my own mental health, but I go to uh, activism events for animal rights, right? I go to, they're, they're called the Save Movement. So you actually, I think they changed it to Animal Save, I believe. Um, but anyway, I, I've gone a few times with one of my girlfriends, Taylor. I like to go with a friend because it's a little bit, le- you have kind of a support system. But when you're, you go, basically where you go is you go to the slaughterhouse and you, um, the big trucks come in, right? So all the pigs come in. I actually want to go when I'm in LA. So I need to make a note of that. But all the trucks come in and, you know, I've gone a few times in LA and they've been pigs. So it's been the pigs that have come in. I've gone in Argentina. I've gone in Madrid. I've gone in, you know, Spain. I've gone in a a lot of different places to the, the animal save. It's like a worldwide thing that you can do. And you go to the slaughterhouse and you watch all of the the animals come in on the trucks, right? Thousands and thousands of animals are coming into these slaughterhouses every day. And then they get, you know, obviously um, beaten and, and tied upside down and their throats are slit and whatever. So it's it's this whole big ordeal and it's very, very sad. And so you cu- they come in on these big trucks and all the pigs, you know, I've seen cows and whatever, but talking about LA, all of the pigs come in on this truck and they're all crammed together and they've been on transport, these transport trucks for like three or four days. So they haven't eaten, they're starving and they're really, really thirsty. So they're, you know, and they have poop and feces and urine all over them because there's different levels on the transport trucks. So they're just like pooping and peeing on one another. They have like blood all over them. They're like all just have scratches everywhere. It's, It's really, really awful to see. And we go up and, you know, we give them water and there's usually the save groups. They form like kind of deals with the slaughterhouses. Like they form just, you know, an understanding that, hey, can the truck stop? And we come and we just, you know, say prayers or we give them water and we, you know, pray with them or we, you know, I'm even getting (laughs) getting emotional talking about it because it it is very, very, very sad. Um, Like it's really awful to, to go. But I really believe in going. I really, really believe in going because I believe that it is very important to keep your heart open to what is happening. I don't believe in turning away from truth. I don't believe in turning away from suffering. I believe in keeping your heart open to it so that you can show other people so that you can be a champion for what you believe in so that you can be a champion for peace and unity and love and nonviolence. Like that is what I believe in. So, you know, you go and... um you know, all the pigs are, or all the cows or the chickens or whatever it is, they're all suffering, you know, they're, they're, they're crying, they're suffering. A lot of the cows cry, they're crying, you know, sometimes they're giving birth on the transport trucks. And I've seen it uh, in Argentina, actually. And we begged with the slaughterhouse to let us take the baby. 
and but it, it's the most heartbreaking thing that you know and one time they actually did agree because a lot of times on these transport trucks mothers you know we go into women our bodies know when we're about to die our bodies know when we're in danger especially when we have a child in our womb especially when we have a child in our womb like it it, you know your body knows and so what happens is on these transport trucks there's actually a lot of birth when mothers are pregnant happens a lot with cows because in the dairy industry they get cows pregnant and then if they don't want them anymore they'll just send them off to slaughter so you know on the transport trucks mothers will be giving birth trying to get their baby out because they want to save their baby and this is just primal it just happens with women with females we know this right and so um for me one of the most heartbreaking moments was when you know multiple times they don't let us take the baby but one time they did um they let us save the baby baby cow I was in Argentina and I'm like but they wouldn't let us take the mother and it was like this moment where you're just like I can't believe this is happening. You know what I mean? Like this is a, this is a mother who just gave birth to her baby and this is a sentient being. She knows pain and suffering just like me. She can, she can feel fear and sadness and pain and love just like me. Why are we killing her? Like, why is this happening? Like, why are we murdering her and sentencing her to death for what? Like we don't have to live like this. And you know, um, she was, you know, murdered a few minutes after she gave birth. And fortunately, we saved her baby. Most most slaughterhouses do not allow that to happen. But, you know, I really believe in keeping your heart open and witnessing. So it's called bearing witness in, in these um, spaces with veganism and with animal activism and speciesism and whatnot. When you go to these spaces, to the animal save, when you go to the slaughterhouses, it's called bearing witness. So, you you know, do you want to go bear witness tonight or whatever it is? Because you can't do anything. We give water. They have all these special water, you know, function, you know, things. And we give them all water and we, but there's nothing to do besides bear witness. And I believe in that because, and I'm getting a little off track, but I just want to say it because I believe in it. Um, but I believe in bearing witness because I believe that, you know, I, I, I don't believe in allowing other people to suffer. I don't believe in allowing other beings to suffer. And I think that when we don't witness it, when we're not willing to see it, it allows us to kind of further it. It allows us to not really take it that seriously when we're not really, you know, opening our hearts to it. And so for me, I do bear witness about one time a year, maybe two times a year. I try to get there one time a year because I want to be reminded why I'm vegan, why I am an animal activist, why I believe in anti-speciesism. I want to go and I want to see it. But another layer is I also believe that these souls matter. Like I believe that these beings matter. And I, I want to I want to be there to witness what's happening to them because I believe that they matter. And and that that in itself is enough for me to go, even if, you know, it didn't, you know, change anything for me or whatever. I simply believe that they matter and I believe that their stories matter and I look into their eyes and you know they're about to be killed and they're scared and and they're being beaten I you know I've I posted videos on my Instagram years ago of you know things I've witnessed if you just scroll down on my Instagram and you know they're being beaten and they're screaming and they're getting you know because their workers are just trying to get them into the slaughterhouse and whatnot off the trucks and um and I you look into their eyes and 
they matter you know the these beings matter these souls matter they're they're sentient beings they're souls just like us and they matter and i believe that it's important to be there with them i believe that they shouldn't just die with nobody caring with nobody there with nobody seeing with nobody bearing witness i believe in in being there with people or with others with other beings through death through life through these different periods of of people or, or beings or whoever you know, non-humans, humans, I don't care. I believe in being with people through different phases of their life. And I believe in being with, you know, humans or non-humans in their suffering. I believe in sharing that suffering. I believe in being an agent against suffering. I believe in being an agent of love and of non-violence and, and all of that. So a little bit of a vegan rant, but important. And, you know, it's, it's heavy and, and, you know, there's so much suffering in the world, whether that is with women and, and, you know, femicide, which is something that's not even really talked about in the United States or, you know, racism and, and you know, femicide and, and the racism and the misogyny. I actually don't know how to write. <laughs> you guys know what I'm trying to say right now. It's misogynoir. I actually have never said that out loud. I've only written it. Um, so I don't know exactly how to pronounce it, but it's the intersection between racism and um, feminine or no racism and misogyny. And it's the special or no yeah racism against black women i believe and misogyny special word for it it's misogynoir i I don't know i'm not even gonna spell it but basically instead of misogyny it attaches n-o-i-r at the end anyway um you know there's just so much and you can find an abundance of suffering anywhere so how do we keep our hearts open to the suffering without becoming completely consumed by it okay so first really really practical things is understand that your pain and your you know suffering alongside others who are suffering is valuable okay so your your sadness and your empathy and your whatever it is it's really really valuable and you want to channel it intentionally where you want to channel it and you want to channel it intentionally period And so with that being said, I don't watch the news at all. And I really just don't do that because there's too much suffering and it's constant and it feels almost like this, this desire to constantly kind of like keep people in a fight or flight mode instead of just kind of, it doesn't actually feel helpful at all. It just kind of feels like keeping people in fight or flight. So that is just like a basic tip is just really value your empathy and your pain and your outrage and your suffering and channel it intentionally and channel it, you know, when you are choosing to channel it, right? Like you don't always have to choose to channel that empathy and that suffering and keeping your heart open to the suffering because when you keep your heart open, you are also keeping your heart open to joy and to life, right? So when we keep our, when we close down our heart, And we say, no, I don't want to feel the sadness. I don't want to feel the suffering. It's too much. I don't want to feel uncomfortable emotions. We are also closing our heart down to intimacy, to love. And like I said in these, um, you know, with these tweets, we see the girls denying, keeping men right at at an arm's length, um, keeping them away and blocking intimacy. So what they're saying is I'm afraid of being hurt. I'm afraid of, you know, these cycles kind of happening again. I'm afraid of 
loving men. I'm afraid of the the bad, the negatives that could happen. So as a result, I'm also going to cut myself off from the positives, from the joy, from the love, because I don't know how to navigate this in a healthy way. So when we close our hearts down, we close our hearts down to everything. And when we open our hearts, we open our hearts to everything. So that also means all of the joy and all of the happiness and all of the connection and all of the aliveness, you know, I in my life have never felt as alive as I do right now. And that's been a continual coming alive, I guess you could say, um, you know, in like seven or so years, the more I devote to my spiritual practice, which is what I'm going to talk about next, the more I devote to my spiritual practice, the more I come alive and I come into connection, right? Because the spirituality and God brings you into oneness and union with everything. And so as you come deeper and deeper into union, you just come deeper and deeper into union. Your heart stays open and you become even more alive and even more connected. And you see, you know, through a million different lenses and a million different, you know, dimensions and portals and realms and whatever you want to call it. But um, so keeping your heart open also allows you to stay happy and joyful and actually connected. And I actually don't believe that we can have true joy or happiness if we're not in connection. I believe that connection is really pretty much everything. And I see people trying to access happiness through these disconnected ways or these, yeah, disconnected ways through material ways or through, you know, these other you know, kind of distorted mechanisms. And when they try, the happiness isn't really there. It's like this, you know, second of feeling an elevated state or something, but there's no actual joy and bliss and, you know, a, a general feeling of feeling so content and so in love, not in love with somebody. I mean, in the energy and the frequency of love. And when we can stay in that frequency, that means we're connected to life. We are connected to ourselves. We're connected to our bodies. We're connected to God. That's another reason I really advocate for connecting to your womb and connecting to your yoni and connecting to your sexuality individually. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price because when we try to connect to somebody else or actually when we try to have a positive sexual experience with somebody else not even we don't even really think about it in the realm of connection when we try to have a positive sexual experience with someone else so many times women are so confused why they cannot get a happy and positive and you know restorative sexual experience and it's because there's no connection when we are connected to ourselves then and we're connected to our own sexuality in our own wombs then we know how to create connection with somebody else but when we don't know how to create connection there's no true lasting joy and so I believe that, you know, joy, I mean, that connection is kind of the root of aliveness, of joy, of love. And so, you know, when we keep our hearts open, we also have to understand that we don't have to constantly be channeling it into suffering. We can also be channeling it into joy. And that is also very deeply in service of the earth and of the world because we need more people connected and in joy. 
And the more that you connect as above, so below, the more that you're connected to life, to God, to yourself, the more you're able to reach out in both directions. So the deeper you can feel into the depths of suffering, the deeper you're going to be able to feel up into the depths of joy. And so it's like you're reaching both arms out and the center, if you actually reach both arms out right now, the center of yourself is this content, joy, connected. It's like you're this, let's say your head has like a complete connection, just like a, a rope tied to God, right? And then both arms are out and your one arm is reaching down into like the, the physical and like the sad and the, you know, suffering and whatnot. And the deeper that arm reaches down, the deeper you can go into the joy and the aliveness and the connection. And, you know, vice versa, the deeper you you push into the joy and the connection the, and you keep your heart open truly the deeper you can reach down into understanding suffering and grief and and others and and being able to hold that that pain and and that weight and that density right because there's a lot of density so how do we do that I, I've been talking a lot and because I really care about this subject uh, you know but let's get into how we let's get into how we hold that without letting it consume us so to me, the only way that you can really properly do this is when you're able to hold two dimensions at once. And I've talked about this a lot before. And I always say, like, keep your feet grounded in the earth and like into the physical and keep your eyes pointed on God or stay grounded in God consciousness while also grounded in the physical. Right. So I'm trying to basically communicate that you are able, you have to be able to hold two dimensions at once. That is really the only way that you are going to be able to navigate the suffering and the pain and whatnot is if you are able to hold two dimensions at once. And I actually recently heard Ramdas talking about this on his podcast and, um, I just loved it so much and it gave words to what I've been trying to say when I say those other phrases to you guys. I'm like, do this and hold these two at once. You know, it's really hold these both these two dimensions at once. So one dimension is the dimension of the God of God consciousness is what I you know, how I'm taught in my self-realization fellowship is God consciousness. Right. So that that consciousness is basically rooted in the consciousness of it's not in this physical plane. It's of the consciousness of God. So basically you're understanding that everything is working itself out. Everything is neutral. Everything is, you know, um, everything is balancing. Everything is moving through its karmic cycle. Everything is fair. Everything is okay. Everything is okay. This is all just a play. Everything is okay. Right. And it's not just understanding that it's knowing that in your body through years, or I don't know what it would take for you guys, but for me through years of, you know, devoting to my spiritual practice to my meditation to God um, through years of meditating and praying and, and whatnot you come eventually into that space of God consciousness right so when we hold that that layer we can also then hold the layer of the physical dimension where everything is very intense and there is suffering and people are in pain now, the only way, in my opinion, that we can hold that properly without trying to save people without. And of course, that doesn't mean you're not trying to help people. It means disrespecting somebody else by asserting your will above their own story and their own situation and thinking that, you know, better for their life than they know better for their life, if that makes sense. Um, so 
you know, when we can hold these two dimensions, we can properly serve. That is my one of my core beliefs is that when we can hold both of these dimensions, we can serve from a very, very centered space. We can serve from a very, very good space. And I've talked about in the past when I was trying to serve unhoused people and I wasn't able to hold those dimensions and I was only able to hold the physical. I'm looking at these people as if they are like with pity, with sadness. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I'm so good that I'm doing this and that, right? Now, when I can hold these two dimensions, I serve from a space of, I see your suffering. I want to help alleviate it in any way that I can, but I see you as a full sovereign being. I see you as a full sovereign being and I know, I don't know what your story is. I don't know what your karmic stuff is. I don't know. This is exactly where you're supposed to be right now. And I, I, I can't say that you're supposed to be here. You're supposed to be there. I don't want to disrespect your story. You, I see you as an autonomous equal. I see you as an equal to me when we cannot see somebody as an equal to us. We're not in that holding that space of God consciousness. We're saying, ah, poor them. Oh, they, you know, they're in a worse position than me. When I hold them as my equal, then I can also hold the physical realm, which says they are in a worse position than me technically currently right now. And I want to help serve them because they are a child of God and because they are worthy and they are a being and, and they deserve it and I love them and they're also at the same time an autonomous sovereign being that everything is exactly how it should be for them right now but at the same time I'm in the physical plane and they don't want this right now and I don't believe that this is right and so I'm going to serve them to try to alleviate this the best I can and I also don't believe that they should be here right now because I don't believe in homelessness I think that that's a construct of capitalism and of our society so do you see how it's kind of this holding it at the same time allows it to kind of be balanced. Everything I say, there's a counter. It's everything I say, I'm like, yes, yeah, so this, but also this, this and this and this, right? So we can, there's this equilibrium space. So you're able to serve and you're able to feel and you're able to stay open to somebody else, but you don't necessarily become, you know, um, you don't have to become, you don't necessarily become angry even. You can become angry. Your anger is valid and also, helpful um, and sacred at times, right? Like it's totally fine, but it allows you to stay in a more equilibrium space when we can open our hearts to our to the suffering while also staying aware that you don't know what it, the play is going on. We don't know what is happening with the play. I'm not God. I don't know what's happening. All I know is that this is God's creation and something, this is all neutral. That is all I know. All I know is that this is a play. All I know, that is it. I just know that this is a play and that this is not, that's not their physical body. And that's not, this isn't my, I mean, this is my physical body, but that's not them. They're a spirit, they're a soul, they're, you know, a, a little fractal of God. And they're in this little physical body where nothing really matters. And when, you know, I can hold that, I can also hold the fact that it actually does matter here and now, and it matters to them and, and I can serve them. So it's, being able to hold those two dimensions at the same time that allows you to stay in your heart because when we're not able to hold that that dimension of the god consciousness when we're not able to do that what happens is that we become so 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 overwhelmed and i heard ramdas talking about this actually the other day on his podcast he was saying that you get burnt out right you know so and that's real when people you know, do not, they're not able to hold these two dimensions at the same time. 
they get burnt out really easily. And that's unfortunate because we need people serving. We need people caring. We need people with open hearts. And when they get burnt out, they close off their hearts. And then the cycles of suffering continue. So when we can honor the physical right now, what's happening and that it's not fair and it's not right and it's not okay and I need to change it and I want to serve and I want to help and I want to do this and that. When we can honor that and we can also honor, okay, all of that is true and also what's true is that this is all a play and it's all neutral. All of it is neutral, even though it seems literally the most not neutral thing ever and it seems terrible and it seems awful. It's all neutral if I'm rooted in a God space and this is all a play and it's all working itself out in a way that I don't understand, but that's divine and perfect. And that sounds, it's really, really hard to navigate and to feel into. And what happens for a lot of people actually is that they get trapped in that space because then they say, okay, fine, everything's perfect. So therefore I don't care. So your suffering doesn't matter and you should just be happy in your situation and whatever. And then they spiritually bypass and use that as a way to actually close their hearts. So that's the other trap. So we can get trapped in both sides. We can get trapped in, you know, this is terrible and unfair and I hate my life and then I close off my heart or everything is fair. Therefore, your suffering doesn't matter. Therefore, shut up about it. Therefore, I don't care. Therefore, I'm shutting my heart, right? So when we go too deep in either one and we don't hold the paradox, which I actually have a podcast about holding the paradox, but when we don't hold the paradox, we close our hearts. That is not helpful and it's also not rooted in truth. What is rooted in truth is service from a heart-centered space, service from a space of holding both dimensions, and that's it. That's rooted in truth. That's like, that is the only thing that, you know, that we can really do. And so what then happens is that we don't need to make up stories about everything necessarily, right? So I remember, and I was pretty triggered at the time, um, but I remember I was talking to a friend of mine And they told me this was maybe like a year and a half ago. And they were telling me about this, you know, um, about this, you know, I think it was a some some belief. I believe it was a Hindu belief. And the belief was that, you know, anyone who eats cows uh, comes back as a cow. All right. So then then there's this, you know, kind of balancing where you hurt you committed harm and then you're now in the, you know, there's a karmic balancing there, right? So obviously abstain from harming and then you don't have to go and balance your karma, your negative or your, it's not even really negative, but your dense karma and you don't have to kind of further in those cycles. And that's kind of the key, right? But that was the thing. And so they were telling me that, you know, well, you know, there's this thing. And, and the person was vegan and they were just saying, this is how I hold the suffering while also holding this God consciousness center. Because just because, you know, a soul ate a cow and then became a cow doesn't mean that it's any less wrong for me to go and eat a cow. It's still not right. And so some people will say, well, see, there's the karmic balancing. Therefore, I can go and cause suffering. No, we can't. We, we don't cause suffering just because what you think somebody else deserves to suffer or that there's a karmic balancing that's outside of your, your, it's not even in your realm. Like you're not in that karmic balancing. If you go and intervene yourself into it and say, I'm going to go eat this cow that's suffering and I'm going to go cause harm to them. Then you, in, you inject yourself into a karmic balancing and then you have to go in karmic balance. That's not necessary. Right? So 
But when the person told me this, I was pretty triggered. And I was like, you know, well, they don't deserve it. And, you know, they don't des they still don't deserve to be in the, even if they, you know, the souls, whatever that's happening and they're reincarnating and there's a karmic balancing. That doesn't mean that they deserve to be, you know, beaten and enslaved and tortured and raped and have their kids stolen from them and sold for veal and, and all these things. That's not fair. That that's you know, that's not right. And the person was like, that, that, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm saying that that's how I hold this other layer of consciousness. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense then, right? So when we can hold that, we can say, okay, that is, that's a pure example. And at the time I was triggered, but over time I understood what they were saying. This was like actually like two years ago. Um, and so, you know, so we can hold, hey, this is suffering. This isn't right. This is not, this is not something I agree with. This is not something I want to, you know, um, I don't want to partake in this. I don't think this is right. I think this is, you know, unjust. I think this is not correct. I don't think that this should be happening, right? Let's say the, obviously, I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know, but in the dairy industry, the mothers are forcibly inseminated, aka raped, uh, like five or six times, and all their babies are either uh, killed you know, for veal, because veal is just baby cows. Veal industry was created as a result of the dairy industry because there's so many um, babies that they didn't know what to do with. So they're like, all right, well, let's just immobilize them and then, you know, kill them and make veal, right? So the reason that there's so many babies being created is because they're, um, you can't make milk if you're not a mother, right? If you haven't recently given birth, which a lot of people are just indoctrinated and they believe that cows just all the time give, or give milk. But obviously like every other mammal, they have to have just given birth to give milk. But of course, if they just gave birth, the dairy industry doesn't want the babies to drink the milk because they want to steal the milk and give it to the humans that's meant for the baby cows. So then they kill the babies. So it's just this vicious cycle. When the mother can no longer give birth, she's considered spent and she's sent off to slaughter, right? And then they kill her. So usually throughout those five, six, seven years, she's suffering and, you know, her udders are all infected from constantly being, you know, milked by these machines or by humans, whatever it is. And anyway, so this to me is wrong. I don't agree with that. I think that that's awful and I don't think that's right. And I think it's oppression and I think that it's, you know, I don't, I just think that it's wrong and I think that it's oppression. Now, when I see that, it makes me feel very sad and very overwhelmed and very like, oh my gosh, this is awful and I can't, I, what am I supposed to do? I can't navigate. Like, why is this happening? I feel so sad and so overwhelmed, right? And I feel like I just want to cry and break down and it's just awful. But then, and you can cry and break down and I do, right? And then on the other hand, um, the only thing that allows me to keep showing up in these spaces and keep advocating and keep what whatnot is that I can hold this other dimension that says, okay, I don't know what is happening here. I am not, I don't know what karma, I don't know that this is, this physical world is just this kind of, you know, now it's this karmic balancing, karmic balancing, karmic balancing, everyone's karmic balancing. And a lot of people are kind of not getting free and there's karmic balancings that are happening everywhere. And I don't know what is happening. Like I'm not God. I don't know. And so the only thing I can do is work to relieve suffering and, and stand as, as, you know, an emblem of, of nonviolence and, and anti-oppression. That's the only thing I can do. And I can work within my own capacities to really, uh, to diminish suffering and to, you know, um, create the world I want to live in, but I 
you know, I also have to be able to hold this other dimension or else I get so dysregulated and so dysfunctional in this space, right? And we get so overwhelmed and then eventually we turn off our hearts because it's too much. And so I think that, you know, I've pretty much said how you want to do it. But the other thing I would say is that, again, you don't have to put yourself in these spaces 24-7 to feel sad and to feel upset. We can also, you know, um, do what we can do within our own sphere, right? So, um, you know, for example, my family, we foster animals, we foster piglets, right? We foster piglets that are about to be killed. So I don't sit around all day and watch videos of, you know, the slaughterhouses and the factory farms and all of the things that are real and that are happening. I don't go to the save movements every week. I go maybe once a year, two times a year. I don't do that every week. What I do every day, though, is go and take care of my piglets that I rescued from being killed. And I go and feed them and I go and spend time with them. So that is an example of, you know, we're we're working to end suffering and we don't need to necessarily be in the energy of sadness and grief and empathy towards suffering and pain 24 7 instead we can channel that towards making change and doing what we believe is right and so for me right um we just got four piglets they were um about to be killed and they um you know they're these little they're so small they're like 10 pounds they're so cute they're four girls and they're so sweet and actually a friend of my family's she she's so she's so cool like she is her husband just kind of like is like all right fine you just like want to rescue a bunch of animals sure she's vegan and and she has rescued literally 20 pigs and she like built this whole barn on her property and they she just got these little types of pigs that are so fluffy and furry and they're like so precious but anyway you can channel your energy into positive spaces where you're working to end oppression working to end suffering without overwhelming your nervous system and your body 24 7 with the suffering and with the oppression so instead of overwhelming yourself with the suffering and oppression you can overwhelm yourself with the good that you're doing and with the your consciousness kind of focused on the world that you want to see so for me I want to see a world where we're not species, speciesist. <laughs> I want to see an anti-speciesist world. I want to see a world in which all beings are valued. You know, the yoga thing that a lot of people don't actually do, but um, all, you know, I want, uh, what is it? May all beings be happy and free. Um, you know, I want all beings to be happy and free. I believe in that. I believe in all beings being happy and free. I believe in a anti-speciesist world. I believe in a non-oppressive world. I believe in, you know, an anti-racist world and a world where racism is not a thing and misogyny isn't a thing and homophobia isn't a thing and transphobia isn't a thing. But that's not the world we live in right now. And so as a result of that, what am I supposed to do? We have to funnel our energy sometimes into holding that 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 transmission or holding that energy of sadness and pain and oppression and grief and hurt. And then sometimes more of the time we want to funnel that that energy into the good that we're doing as agents of that anti-oppression. Right. So that allows us to say stay more often in a frequency of love and of and re really it's about like not shocking your nervous system 24 7 and not allowing that to become your dominant state because it forces you to burn out if that's your dominant state so we want to kind of 
hold both, but we can channel, you know, most of our energy into the good and the, and the things that we're doing and, and to activism in that way, we can act, be activists by showing the way instead of just showing the suffering 24 seven. So, you know, and I also believe that there's a lot of value in showing the suffering 24 seven. I think that people who are able to do that are warriors and are wonderful, but you know, I think that for me and for a lot of other people, it doesn't work to 24-7 be consuming this pain and this suffering. It works better to be consuming that maybe 20% of the time and then 80% of the time funneling your energy into being the change you'd like to see, being the embodiment of the world you'd like to live in and leading by example and serving you know, for good and serving in the best way you can. That That's what I believe in, you know? So for me, when I'm out there serving my piglets and I'm giving them food and I'm, you know, cleaning their enclosure. I view that as service to the world that I want to live in. I view that as my service to God. I view that as my service to anti-oppression. I view that as my service to anti-speciesism. So these are some things that I personally do to keep myself open and you know, we want to be able to hold this, these two dimensions at the same time without going, without going into one too far that we allow it to close our heart. So like I said, when we go too far into, oh, everything's neutral, everything's perfect, everything's divine, we shut ourselves off. We become spiritually bypassing. We shut ourselves off from our very real physical incarnation here and the suffering here that is asking you to be a serve of service, you know, against it or not against it, but in service to those who are suffering. That is what life is asking you to do. It's asking you to be in service. So if we close our hearts and say, oh, everything's fine, everything's perfect, deal with it, then we don't become an agent of suffering. And then that's actually our karmic debt that piles up. Now, on the other hand, like I said, if we go too far into the suffering, then we become too overwhelmed and we close off our hearts and we say this world is terrible it's too much I hate everything where is God God doesn't exist um you know this is you know uh awful and you know whatever it is we close off our hearts and we close off our ourselves because feeling hurt us to the point that we we couldn't feel we felt we couldn't feel anymore so we don't want to have either of those things happen we want to keep open our hearts we want to keep open our our consciousness on a divine level and on a physical level on a god consciousness level and a physical plane level and through that combination we can serve very very well and that is really the the goal right we want to be able to serve uh, very very well wherever that is that you're serving whether that's you know you're serving your child Let's say that you're serving your child and, you know, you know, when you have a child, your child comes in with all of their own karmic drama and stuff that they're going to go through and that they have, you know, some balancing to do. So we don't know that. We don't know their story. We don't know their karmic balancing. We don't know what they came here to do. We don't know their soul's, you know, purpose or journey or whatnot. That's for them to to navigate. And so a lot of times I think as parents, parents can get very dysregulated because they don't want to have their child feel suffering aka they don't want to feel the overwhelm or the pain that they would feel if their child suffered and so we have to be able to say okay I'm going to do my best to create an environment in which you don't suffer and to alleviate your suffering as best as possible. While at the same time, I'm going to honor your journey and the divinity of your journey and the things that I don't know that are between you and God and you and life. And I can hold both of those at the same time. And then I don't start overstepping. 
And when we can't hold both of those at the same time, we start overstepping and saying, no, you shouldn't do this. That shouldn't have happened. This is wrong. This is bad. And we don't let our child experience the experiences that they came here to to experience, right? Like we don't let them be the the individual soul that they are. And so, you know, that's important. And then even with dating, right? Like when we are unable to, it's a little bit different because that, that requires that we come into trust with ourselves, which is kind of what a lot of my podcasts are about, coming into trust with yourself. But when you come into trust with yourself, you no longer are so rocked by the idea of something going wrong because even if it did go wrong in dating you know that you'd be all right and you know that you'd be able to navigate it and you know that it would be divine and you know that you know it would be between you and God and you know that you'd be able to navigate it and also you know that you're gonna 99% of the time keep yourself out of bad situations because you trust yourself and you've done the inner work and whatnot but even if that 1% happens and something goes wrong it's all right because you take it as all a part of your journey and you thank God for allowing you to feel and allowing you to experience. And then you use that experience to quantum leap into another dimension and and something better that you want to go into. So when we are not able to stay in this, in this, you know, dynamic and this flow, and we're, we're so afraid of feeling even heartbreak and sadness and grief, when we're so afraid of feeling that we close our hearts down and we say no I don't want to date no I don't want you know to know anybody no I don't want to let anybody in again and you know that points to two things first of all we don't we want to strengthen our spiritual connection to God and to the divinity and to the creator and whatnot on the other hand we want to strengthen our connection to our own self-trust so we trust ourselves to navigate difficult situations and adverse situations and grief and heartbreak that doesn't mean that you need to say oh I deserve heartbreak you absolutely don't you deserve to be in matrimony you deserve to be with one man who loves you forever if that's what you're looking for but you know we have to be able to allow ourselves to go on our own journey with life and we can pray about it and and you know meditate on it and and quantum leap when when necessary and go into different dimensions and different timelines but overall the the worst thing that I mean not the worst thing everything's pretty neutral and and you don't nothing's really not the worst thing but something that is not beneficial for us at the very minimum is closing our hearts we don't want to do that because then we don't live we don't really live we don't experience you know and if you can have your worst pain through heartbreak you're very very lucky you are a very very lucky person um so you know if that is that if that's where it comes from you should you know thank god for allowing you to experience and to feel and you know um and if it doesn't work out that's all right you know that's all right and and god is leading you to something better and something greater and so when we're so afraid of feeling then we just don't live and we want to be connected and we want to live and and this is our soul's nature so uh so yeah so so this is my this is my offering to you guys today. I hope you enjoyed this. I feel like I did um, kind of ramble a lot throughout it, but oh my gosh, my dog Lavender, he's dreaming. He always like makes little noises when he's dreaming, but Lavender, you are so precious and I love you. I feel like I do like prayers over my dog 24/7 cuz I'll just like 
look at him and I'll just start like saying all these affirmations and like praying and like being like you are needed in this world you are special you are kind you are loving you are divine like you are a perfect child of God like (laughs) I literally like pray over my dog 24 7 and say affirmations and I feel like he likes it (laughs) but anyway guys I'm gonna leave you guys with this and I love you so much and we'll talk to you soon all right bye